This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Ah, yes, a very good evening and welcome to the NBL Show. Sam Hargraves, Pete Hooley with you as we wrap up uh, an incredible season that was. And it all culminated... Uh, Pete, in the dying seconds, and uh, we were going to get the actual NBL broadcast call up, but just having a little few technical difficulties here, so we are going to have to relive that moment via United Live. They have scrapped and clawed at Melbourne United all series. Six seconds on the clock. Melbourne with a three-point lead. Player goes down off the ball. Landau takes it. Barlow throws it underneath. Barber says that'll do! The Gatorade showers begin. It's a cold night for Vickerman. In front of 5,000 fans at John Kane Arena. Absolutely. It was a, a wonderful way to finish off a hard-fought three-game series. Pete Hooley, hello to you. Good to be here one last time, and yeah, it was. And I know it was a sweep, but... It doesn't look like that when you look at every single game. It's so competitive. The heart, the determination from the Wildcats is incredible. Uh, and it really makes you think of just what would that series have looked like had Bryce Cotton be playing. And I think everybody's going to be thinking the same thing. But not Melbourne United. They'll be thinking, oh, these rings look all right on our fingers. Oh, absolutely. And you, look, you can only play who's out there in front of you. Mm. But... I think we do need to take a moment just to commend Perth because it wasn't just Bryce Cotton. I mean, they came into the game with no Luke Travers. They lost Steindl early. They had to move around their roster. They had to change up who was playing where and for how long. Like, it threw their whole rotation out of sync. And I just think it's an incredible statistic or whatever you want to call it that from the, the side that won the title last year, four out of their starting five were gone. Mm. And yet they're still contending to go three in a row for the first time in their illustrious history. They've been the greatest team certainly over the last decade and, and in the history of the NBL. Ten championships more than anybody uh, in, uh, in the, the NBL's existence. But I just just to do it the way that they did it. And you lose a guy, Pete, that averages 23 and a half, 24 points a game and is the league MVP. Yet you're only losing by single-figure margins. We've got to have just a tip of the cap, round of applause, massive show of respect to Perth. Yeah, for sure. And I think game three, when Chris Golden came out and hit those three threes and they were up almost 20 at one stage and we were thinking this is going to get really ugly. They're in front of their home fans, in front of their family, chance to win it all. And they just kept clawing back the Wildcats, got within two points at halftime and then hit the lead in the third quarter. And, and you, you just took your hat, every single one of them. Luke Travers was out there on half a calf and didn't look great. It was just... Uh, I actually saw him get pulled out by the physio and he said, no, I'm just going to keep staying out there. And every single guy was just playing through something and they just found a way to, to really hang in there and, yeah, truly commendable. So it, the, the game started off explosively. I mean, Chris Golding just jumps out of the blocks and hits the first three three-pointers of the game. He had nine points, just splash, splash, splash. And you thought, oh, dear, this is going to be... This is, this is a victory lap. Mm. But Perth, to their credit, so they, they go in at quarter time by nine points. They win the next quarter 18-12 to 12, and actually 
get the get the game back on almost even terms. It's only a thirteen to sixteen third quarter, uh, and then they actually Perth actually ended up winning the last quarter, twenty four to twenty three, and and it and it wasn't safe until Uday Barber puts the exclamation mark on it. They they ground United all the way. They pushed them all the way, and it was only the final seconds of the game where it was safe. Yeah, you're right, and some big shots and then some missed shots, some free throws that uh, it could have gone any which way, and you're right. I think a lot of us thought that this might have been a big blowout the way it started for Melbourne United, but in typical Wildcat fashion, they just hung around. Mooney was playing tough. Kevin White has earned himself another contract. Players just stepped up that we hadn't really heard of. Clint Steiner, I watched him warm up. He could only just barely jump off the ground, could not move side to side, and you can yep. see that in the way he was playing. He was really hampered by that groin. Swaka the Bullet came in, played some minutes. Everybody really just stepped up in their own personal roles. So five-point win to Melbourne United in the end. They sweep the series, but they certainly were made to earn every single bucket and every single win. So from a team point of view, United shot the ball at 42%. Um, from the field, 34% from outside the arc was below their normal, uh, but Perth only went at 33% in that area. Perth, you mentioned the free throws. So they lose a game by five points, and they're 10 of 15 from the stripe at 66%. See, there's a still a little bit about what might have been. They out-rebounded Melbourne. Um, they had the 14 turnovers, which is uncharacteristic mm. of them, and that's a credit to Melbourne's defence, which was exceptional. And as it's often, as it so often tends to be, it's United's bench that, that plays such an important role. They had 36 points off the bench. But to Perth's credit, they got 32 points of their own off their bench. And in the games previously... That had been, I think, 18 in Game 2 and 16 in Game 1, or flip those around, but it was in the teens, the points they were getting off the bench. Um, so they, yeah, they, they certainly did play well. They did. Rebounding's always been what they do, especially in the finals. When they can out-rebound teams, they put themselves with a chance to win. doesn't matter who's out on the floor, and they did that. You're right, the turnovers hurt them, and it was costly timing of turnovers. That was yep. really hurt them. Uh, Mitch Norton played nine minutes, and he, again, just got out of his hand where he could not move. Yep. They had to pull him off, and he was trying absolutely everything to just be out there, and it meant Kevin White had to play pretty much the rest of the game, and he looked absolutely spent. Airballed a couple of threes and nailed a couple of threes, was giving absolutely everything, and eventually you just knew that the depth and the firepower of United was going to get it done, but was definitely not easy. We'd love to get your thoughts on it, 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 If you'd like to celebrate Melbourne United's second championship as Melbourne United. So their first was 2017-2018, which you played in, Pete. Uh, the, that win over the, in the fantastic series against the Adelaide 36ers. They were denied the chance to go back-to-back by Perth in 2018-2019. Uh, uh, and then so they win again. So this will sit up very comfortably alongside their first championship as Melbourne United and the four that the Melbourne Tigers won at John Kane Arena. So Kevin White, 14 points. John Mooney as well had 14 points, 13 rebounds. That's a game where he did actually take the points over Jock Landale in the end. Jock Landale, Larry Sengstock medalist, we'll talk about him, MVP of the Grand Final Series. But he had lowered John Mooney's colours. John Mooney responded as well as he possibly could have uh, in that battle. And it was probably the most intriguing head-to-head battle of the night. Jock Landale finishes up with 15 points, nine rebounds. Chris Golding had nine first-quarter points, finishes with 14. And it was actually the three that he hit in the final quarter, Mm. Pete, that that was the statement three. So the start, he laid the platform. 
So like every good house, you've got to have rock-solid foundations. He laid that in the first term, but he just needed to come and put the, the cherry on top. And, and that big three hit in the last quarter was uh, it was crucial. Well, we spoke about a little bit of the substitutions, and he hit those three threes in the first quarter, then got taken out in his regular role as the substitutions of the first five-minute mm-hmm. mark. Then came on in the second quarter and was just cold. It was just the, the fire had been put out. But yep. you're right, when the game was there to be just put to bed, he's always going to take that shot and more often than not, he's going to make it. Scotty Hobson has 12 points as well, was fantastic. Geez, if... We don't know what's going to happen from from a, a roster point of view for Melbourne United. Mm. We're going to talk in the next segment about re-signings throughout the league. A big one today for South East Melbourne Phoenix. Ryan Brokoff, who sadly is withdrawn from the Boomers. Uh, he won't be going over to the US and being part of the... the, the uh, the training camp uh, and putting his hand up for selection for Tokyo, uh, citing mental health reasons. And, and Isaac Humphreys was the other one who withdrew on the same day through injury. Um, so we're thinking of Ryan Brokoff. We, we hope he's doing all right. It's been a rough year for him with, you know, l- removing himself from last season's NBA hub to be with his family. Uh, I think his son was unwell, if I'm mm. not mistaken, and then uh, unfortunately cut not once but twice by the 76ers and then missed a lot of basketball, came back, got injured, probably wasn't able to have the impact he would have wanted. So uh, we just hope that uh, he's looking after himself and getting the support he needs. But a good story, him re-signing with South East Melbourne Phoenix. We'll talk more about that on the other side of this. But Scotty Hobson and Mitch McCarron, that, that alley-oop play, that's my play of the year. Oh, That's the play of the year for me. The no-look sort of shot put, one-arm pass from Mitch McCarron outside the arc Hobson underneath, almost a reverse layup finish. It was a, it is as good a play as you can see, and in the context of the game, in that last quarter, it was it was huge. They they play really well together, uh, Mitch McCarron and Scotty Hobson, and, and yeah. you're right. And when it comes to uh, off season signings, I mean locally, there's no bigger than Mitch McCarron. His signature is. The main one for free agency for wherever he ends up. There's a few teams, as you said, we'll yeah. touch on that. Scotty Hobson's another one. Interesting to see what Scotty Hobson does in terms of will he go home or will he hang around here? And I've heard a couple of little rumours that I think have no weight whatsoever, but we may as well throw them out there when we're on the air, uh, that he might be suiting up in a couple NBL1 games uh, in Victoria. Just to, why not? Little cashies and then... When you say fit, go home, you mean... Back to America. Yeah. Back to America. And then because if you don't want to quarantine, the season's only three months away. Yep. NBL 22. So if he stays around there, that, I would assume that comes with a United signature. If they get that done, then he'd probably do that. We're going back to three imports next year, so that's going to change a lot of things around for the way teams work as well. So, yeah, he was he was he he had a big part to play in this win. His 12 points off the bench were crucial, uh, and I just love the combination here with Mitch McCarron. Mitch McCarron, he was the United Live Player of the Year on our broadcast here. It was all NBL second team. But when you have the conversation now, and because he's not... He's not a Casper Ware, Bryce Cotton mm. point guard. He's not a he's not a score first point guard. He's a, a provide first. He stuffs his stats in other areas, whether it be steals, rebounds, defensive efforts within the game. He doesn't put on a heap of points, but chimes in when he needs to. But he, he got to be in the conversation now when you talk about the best point guards like Scott Machado. Josh Giddy obviously was sensational this year. But when you talk about the Machados, the Wares and those players, you've got to have Mitch McCarron in the chat now. Yeah, you do. This is his first full season at point guard position and just relished it and loved it. And you could see that everyone loved playing with a point guard like Mitch McCarron as yep. well. So uh, it worked. Their roster worked, but and it starts, you're right, when we talk about Chris Golding like being a foundation. Mitch McCarron just holds all the keys to everything on so many different ways, offensively, defensively, getting others involved. 
Uh, he's an integral piece, and wherever he ends up, he's going to have another big say in how that successful that team is. Uh, let's have a listen to Dean Vickerman, who was on uh, SEN today, uh, speaking to the boys on Brecky. Talked about during the year where he felt like they were, when he really did believe that they were contenders. We were feeling pretty good about the group when when we got Scotty Hobson. Um, you know, we thought he was one of the you know the best closers in the league last year, and um, we loved the scoring punch. But then. To have Jock Landale practicing with us uh, all throughout preseason, thinking he was going to go to the NBA or back to a, a major European club, and, and then to, to have that signature, you know, right before the start of the season, it was like, well, all right, we've, we've got enough talent to win it right now. How, how do we how do we make this work? He spoke about as well uh, getting able to, to close it out in front of a home crowd at John Kane Arena. The news that we were coming home, and you know, I think originally it was. Could it be regional? Is it going to be a thousand people? Is it going to be two and a half? Now it's at five thousand, you know, and and it was like, wow, this this is going to be a fun atmosphere. And um, I thought they were going to close off areas, but you know, the whole place was open and people just kind of, you know, sat in different seats. But it had a great feel about it. So that was Dean Vickerman. Now there's still a couple more grabs that we'll play of him, but one of them in particular is what they believe will now happen with Jock Landale, who was a Larry Sangstock medalist. And uh, as we go to the break, Pete, was that the right choice? I mean, Chris Golding in the first two games was averaging 22 points. He had 14 uh, in game three. So, but that was just below his season average. And he did light the fuse for Melbourne United to start off, but... But Jock was massive throughout all three games and his 17 rebounds in game two are the best uh, anybody's been able to put, accumulate uh, in a grand final series. Did they get that call right? Well, I don't think he could have got it wrong, so I'll say okay. that one. I think Chris or uh, Jock definitely both deserved. Uh, I thought Chris might have just had the nod, but Jock had some big plays in the fourth quarter as well, which I think just got him across the line. Yeah, he did. That, uh, that little mid-range jumper that yep. probably put it beyond doubt was, was clutch. And I think he essentially averaged a double-double mm. through the, the three games of the, the grand final series. So you're right, it was a toss of the coin. I thought that it would have been Chris, and he would have joined some very big names in NBL history if he was able to get uh, another Larry Sengstock medal. Of course, he won it with you in 2018, but names like Ricky Grace and uh, Brett Maher, and I had a list of about five of them, and I'm just, I've just left <laughs> just too much information in my head at the moment. Hey, we'll come back. We'll hear a little bit more from Dean Vickerman. We'll update you on some news around the NBL, some re-signings, and we'll talk boomers as well. One round of 736-736 to get yourself involved, or 0433-98-1116. This is the NBL show, and we're just reviewing Melbourne United's three-game series sweep of the Perth Wildcats to claim their second-ever NBL Grand Final Championship as Melbourne United. Uh, what a performance. They're the dominant team of the regular season and they close it out in the post-season and now the team to beat for the next season, which is only three months away. NBL Show, SEN. You're listening to the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, welcome back to the NBL show. Sam Hargraves, Pete Hooley. Uh, we're just reminiscing on Melbourne United claiming uh, the 2021 NBL Championship three-game sweep of the Perth Wildcats. And now we look to head to free agency, given it's three months until the next season starts. And Dean Vickerman was on with SEN today and had this to say about Jock Landale, who was a Larry Sangstock medalist, the MVP of the Grand Final Series. All-NBL first team was very unhappy not to be one of the three nominees for the MVP award this year. But I reckon he'll take the ring 
and the Larry. Uh, this is what Dean had to say about the future of Jock Lander. Yeah, we certainly don't expect him to be with us next season. Um, you know, we think he'll go and have a, an amazing Olympic campaign um, and then he'll either be in the NBA in a situation that is good for him or or a really a major European club again. But again, we look down the track and say, hopefully in the future uh, we can see him back in our league at some stage. Um, Replacement-wise, you know, it's difficult. You know, we obviously look at the local market to start with. Is there, is there anyone um, that can fill his role? And obviously Joel Cool was amazing this year. And we, we, we want to see a lot more from him. And, and now that uh, the league has gone to a three-import model as well, we, we, we look at, um, you know, what, what we can do there. So that was Dean Vickerman. Uh, what are your thoughts? Where's Jock Landale heading? I think he's going to get a chance uh, in the NBA, whether it's some sort of two-way deal to start or, or he gets a couple of uh, rosters in the preseason. Tokyo's going to be huge for him. If he comes and, and does what he did in the World Cup uh, in the Olympics, I think it's really going to help boost his stocks. And we've seen it. He dominated the summer league when he was there a couple of years ago. So mm. now he's shown that he can play and take over an, another good league around the world. So I'm really looking forward to him getting that opportunity and still young and so much more that it can happen. I'd love to see him in the NBA, but I know he has really good Europe contacts as well. So that doesn't happen. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in a top-tier EuroLeague team. Just some names who have re-signed. Mitch Creek has exercised an option to commit to the Phoenix. Uh, obviously, he, uh, if if he doesn't get another opportunity in the NBA, Cole Adnam has recommitted to the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Isaiah Liafa as well. Chase Buford is the new coach of the Sydney Kings. He was the G League coach for the Milwaukee Bucks' affiliate. Um, Tom Vadanovich has re-signed with the Sydney Kings. So too has Jarrell Martin, which is a massive... He he had every he had all NBL written all over him before he got injured earlier in the year. Mm. Uh, spent a long time out. Um, when we look at the free agents, so when you go through each club, just give me the most important signature for each team, starting with Adelaide. So Johnson, Detch uh, and Soto uh, locked in, but free agents, Humphreys, McVeigh, Brandon Paul, Tony Crocker, Keanu Pinder, Brandon Tees, Daniel Dillon, Alex Madronia. Uh, Jack Purchase and Owen Holland. Isaac Humphreys is yeah. the biggest one, and I'm not sure that he will stay. I think he had a chance. To, uh, it might have been a player option that he declined. Two-year deal. It was a mutual option, yeah, mutual and they just haven't been able to reach come yeah, to an agreement. So I'm not sure what's going on. I, I would think Isaac Humphreys might be trying to go somewhere else. Brisbane Bullets, Nathan Sobey's got one year left. Terrell Harrison was on a two-year deal. Tanner Krebs has one year left. Tamuri Wignes, uh, looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table next year as a young player. Anthony Drimmick, so their free agents are Froling, Kadee, Hodgson, Lamar Patterson, BJ Johnson, Vic Law, Callum Dalton and Blake Jones. Vic Law is that signature you need to get ASAP because I reckon a few other teams around the NBL will be saying we could use his services and he's another one. I'm not sure if he's gone straight home. Is he going to play here? But uh, you want to snap up Vic Law as quick as you can. Cairns have re-signed a heap. So Machado, Oliver, Mojave, King, uh, depending on what happens with his next star deal, Kuat Noy, Majok Deng, Nate Jawai, Jordan Natai, Mirko Jarrett. It's a team that won uh, sweet. You know what games, um, but they've re-signed a heap of their list mm. from this year. Uh, Kruzlovic, Kenny, Dufelmeyer, um, Logievic. Who is the who's, who? Do they need? They need more than just who they had. They've got to go out and get someone else. They did GJ Newville back. That's when they were good. For some reason, he wasn't there this year, and they really struggled. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very it's 
It's strange. They've signed so many so quick, but again, keep the core and add some pieces. What about Illawarra? So Tyler Harvey and Justin Simon were massive. Justin Simon, the Defensive Player of the Year. Tyler Harvey was All-NBL First Team and a uh, MVP nominee. Cam Bairstow, Isaac White. Uh, who's the most important signature for them? Oh, Tyler Harvey and Justin Simon. I think they both work well together. Add another import. They'll be good. Melbourne United. So, so they've Golding, White, Peatling, Illy uh, and Triplett is a player they've signed to a three-year deal as a development player. Mitch McCarran, Jock Lando, we don't expect to be there. Scotty Hobson, Joe Lawala Chul, Dave Barlow, Sam McDaniel, Uday Barber, Sam Short. Who's the most important signature? Mitch McCarron by far. And I tell you what, they're going to try whatever they can get done because the Kings, the Bullets, and the Adelaide 36s are ramping it up to get Mitch McCarron's signature. New Zealand have re signed a heap. Webb's Abercrombie, Delaney, Lowe, Galloway, Deang, Bark, McDowell, White. Uh, which is a great signing. That could look really good next year in New Zealand. Isaac Davison, but Ty Webster, Levi Randolph, Colton Iverson, who do they need? Well, I think Ty Webster's going to look for greener pastures as well. I'm not sure where he's going to end up. And I, I would not in be... In the NBL or elsewhere? I think I might be in the NBL, but I would not be surprised if uh, they're throwing a bit at uh, Yanni Wetzel, trying to get him back. What about Perth? Oh, I mean... We've only got about a minute. Yeah, John Mooney. you just got to do it. If you give him the NBA out, give him Euro outs, we'll get a three-year deal on the table. Bryce Cotton will be there next year. We've mm. talked about South East Melbourne. Uh, Sydney Kings? It's a tough one. Uh, Xavier Cooks will be the first Casper one. Casper where? I think Casper, mm, yeah, but Casper might be on the move too. You never know. All right, so for you and I, before we bid farewell, for the Tassie Jack Jumpers, give me... I'll give you my big signing. Yep. Matthew Delvadova is my prediction that he will come and be the face of the franchise. Who you got? I'd love that. I'd back it with you. But I'll say Thon Maker then because we haven't seen Thon for a while. He's still trying the NBA, but another one who could really draw a crowd. Beautifully done. Hey, Pete, it's been great to spend the NBL season with you, my friend. Mate, I'll see you in three months. Absolutely. Well, I hope I'll see you before then. But well, yep. I hope so. Congratulations to Melbourne United champions in 2021. They were the best team of the regular season. Uh, and they get it done in the post, their second title as Melbourne United. Congratulations to Dean Vickerman and well done to Vince, uh, Vince Crivelli. Well done to the whole organisation and everybody involved. That's it from the NBL show.